Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. Picture this. A 10-year-old student is invited to your next staff meeting. And he stands courageously in front of 60, 80 adults. His task? To present the data which he's researched and collected on staff implementation of a new aspect of a student-designed curriculum. The results are that only half the staff is implementing with fidelity, and the student challenges the staff to level up their game. Where would you even start to give students such voice and empowerment within your school? In today's show, I talk with a fantastic ruckus maker named Melissa Clark, and we dive into that content right away. One of the most interesting quotes that she's shared, too, is that we no longer concentrate on behavior because everything is about learning. Can you imagine that? We're going to show you how to make that happen. So, ruckus maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, let's take just a little bit of time to thank our show sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. Have you ever wondered what kind of leader makes a good mastermind member? Well, recently I asked the leaders I serve, and here's what they said about their peers. Eileen, a deputy head in Qingzhou, China, said, Mastermind members are supportive, wise, and not afraid to kick your butt. Chris, a vice principal in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, courageous risk takers and learners are how I describe my mastermind peers. And finally, Melody, a principal in Kentucky, said mastermind members are generous, driven, and never satisfied with the status quo. If that sounds like you or peers that you'd like to surround yourself with, Apply to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Here we are with Dr. Kelly Crane, expert coach at BLBS, and she's here with another tip of the week. Danny, this tip is about be the best at one thing. I have talked with uh, several people over the last few days from the mastermind, and they are overwhelmed and feel that they are the jack of all, the master of none, and Mm. really need to try to focus on something that they can be the best at. So effective leaders are are not going to be the master of everything, and they're not going to be the jack of all trades, but they can master things they focus on. So despite what others may say, you need to be really darn good at one thing. Be an expert in that. Find what you're passionate about. Be an expert in that. And then hire others to be good at the other things or empower your assistants to be good at the other things. But you as a leader need to be effective and an expert in at least one thing. 
plus one to hire others. You know, a few tips of the week ago, we talked about uh, building a great team and, and uh, enhancing what you're able to do by bolstering your weaknesses and, and hiring a diverse team there. My mentor, Aaron Walker, says uh, be an inch wide and a mile deep, right? If you're a mile wide and an inch deep, just like you said, a, a jack of all trades, a master of none, what is the point? And one of my favorite podcast episodes I ever recorded was uh, with Christopher Lockhead, author of Niche Down. And that's the message of the book. You know, you become legendary, legendary by focusing on that one thing that you can be truly great at. It takes courage. It's scary to say this is what I'm all about. But if you do it, then I guarantee good things will follow. Melissa Clark is a principal and coach who has worked in primary schools for the last 20 years. Melissa believes strongly in providing teachers with permission to try innovative practices and believes through coaching and personalized professional learning, staff will be empowered to be the best they can be while ensuring all teachers are on a journey of ongoing improvement. Her interests include high-quality literacy teaching in the classroom, visible learning, and the activation of student voice to empower learners. Melissa has taught all grades from K-6 and worked with students from a range of backgrounds and support needs. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as a guest. When we did our intro call, you shared a story that I've never heard before. And this is the epitome of being a ruckus maker, somebody who uh, challenges tradition and breaks free from the norms. And so where I want to start is that you've done some very interesting work around students giving feedback to teachers and harnessing the power of student voice. Let's start there. Yeah, look, I'm really excited to share some work uh, that we have been doing around that. So uh, my passion particularly lies um, in student voice. And as a school leader, I'm extremely passionate, you know, about making a difference for my students and really ensuring that they're part of that uh, learning journey. So I guess at Eldersley Public School, we're pretty proud to say that our students actually directly give their teachers feedback through an online platform, which consists them actually sitting an online survey and they're asked to give their opinion of their teacher's performance um, against we have some um, New South Wales national standards. So they actually give feedback and then the teachers actually get sort of like a reverse report system. Uh, the teachers get to unpack this data with other staff and their students and it really provides them with some fantastic opportunities um, to really uh, have an idea behind the student's perception of what the classroom looks like through the eyes of the students. I guess, you know, Student Voice at Eldersley Public School has empowered our students to take ownership of their learning by bringing them into the conversation and really asking them how they want to be taught. Yes, that's a powerful question, right? How do you want to be taught? How do you want to be served? And then they give an answer. So that answer provides, I'm sure, a a variety of results, right? And and data points to talk about and for the teachers to reflect on. So where do you go from there once you have that student data? 
Yeah, look, so where do we go from there is uh, the teachers actually listening to the students and actually working shoulder to shoulder with their students and uh, making that change. And look, I'm going to be honest, that's not something that is easy to do. I think that was a really confronting thing for uh, the staff at my school to have to agree to, you know, um, taking honest feedback from students can be really confronting and, and it really required a strong culture in place for that to be able to happen. And I think, um, you know, when I say that strong culture, and I really want to share a story with you here because this, uh, you know, is where sort of our journey started. We had uh, students that were, you know, coding experiments. They were the first primary school students ever to code this experiment and put it up into space. And I think that that pivotal moment for us was around, you know, students really can achieve anything. And I think um, moving on from there and our staff actually listening to the students and the story that I actually particularly wanted to share was one of our students actually walked into a staff meeting and really confronted teachers with some data around some lessons that they were teaching and the teachers actually following through with um, some data that was put in place. And I think having that confrontation and realising the power that students actually have to make that change within our classrooms as a school leader for me made me realise that student voice was could go so much further than just making a difference in classroom practice. They're actually the untapped change agents within a school as well. And I want to unpack that a bit more for the, the ruckus maker who's listening because I don't know if they caught it, but you said the student um, confronted and presented uh, some d- data to the teachers. And this was at a, a faculty meeting, if I, if I remember you telling that story. So paint the picture a little bit more. I mean, how old was the, was the student? Do you remember exactly like what they presented or what the general theme was? We're very interested. Yeah, no. So it is a really good story. So it was a 10-year-old boy. Uh, so we are doing some work around visible learning with a company called Corwin. And we were rolling out some really strong learning dispositions across the school and trying to create a meta language around learning dispositions. Now, the student, rather than the traditional model where a teacher would come up with these learning dispositions and then they'd roll that out across the school, we actually had our students create the characters they created the songs and they came up with the learning dispositions to create these expert learners across our school. Uh, they then went in and taught lessons. Now, once the lessons had been taught, the students had collected this data and, and had realised that only 50% of our teachers were actually delivering and using the meta language around this particular learning disposition, which was called retro-reflective. So he came to a staff meeting, he was standing up the front and presenting the data to the teachers around this learning disposition. And I remember it was actually one of my APs who said to the child at the time, well, we don't really even know anything about this. You know, how can you expect us to do this? And they kind of almost got into a confrontational moment. Um, And like I said, standing back as a leader, I thought to myself, if that was me standing up the front of that staff meeting, asking this staff to make this change, would I have had the same effect as this 10-year-old boy? 
there's no teacher that gets into teaching that doesn't want to make a change or or do the best for our students. And I realised, and that's where I'm talking about students being that real change agent, had this 10-year-old boy not challenged the staff member to make this change and everybody really wanting to make a change for the students, we wouldn't have got the data that we received. Two weeks after this staff meeting, we went from a 50% rate of the learning disposition being rolled out across the school to it being rolled out and effectively rolled out in 100% of our classrooms. That's wild. I, I had to have myself on mute because I'm laughing so much. Um, it's amazing, right? From 50% to 100% implementation of these uh, dispositions. And often as leaders, we we default to presenting the data, trying to use logic, right? To influence our staff and move them from here to there. And and really it's it's stories it's emotion that motivate us. And the, the best thing you can do is tell the stories of students. And even better than that, have the students tell the stories themselves, right? Yeah, exactly right. A 10-year-old boy standing up in front of the faculty and saying, you know, we came up with these dispositions and only 50% of, of our staff is implementing what's going on here. And then you saw the change 100%. Amazing. I just love it. And that's an example, again, of, of really questioning and challenging, you know, traditions and norms, uh, the regular way of doing school, so to speak. So within this, Melissa, there has to have been some challenges and maybe some setbacks when students are, are given so much voice. Can you speak to what some of those obstacles, barriers, setbacks and challenges are? Yeah, definitely. I think we created a culture across the school where the students did have so much voice in everything that they did. Uh, it started to create a real culture of that inquiry-based learning and and, and I could go on about the positives um, all day. However, we our biggest challenge was that when we got a casual teacher, like a relief teacher into the school, we found that we were having a lot of backlash and what was called as behaviour issues across the school. Now, when we really unpacked that and we looked into that, we as a staff that were permanent had created this culture where our children were allowed to talk and were given so much ownership and so much voice in their their learning that another staff member coming into the school actually actually took that as uh, children being disrespectful. And I think that was a real key moment for us to, um, you know, really teach our students that not all adults value student voice in the same way. Yeah, that's powerful for them to realize because it's it's them knowing their audience almost, right? Not all teachers will share in this perspective. And maybe it's impacted to your, your onboarding process a bit and when new staff joins the team because... You know, I don't know that that's a natural disposition for every teacher prior to joining your school as well. Mm, yeah, exactly right. And that was that was definitely quite a, a big challenge for us and making sure that everybody had the same uh, view and, and, and were part of that culture as well. Fabulous. So, Melissa, I'm really enjoying this conversation on, on student voice. Uh, And we're going to continue it. But right now, let's pause here for a message from our sponsors. 
Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at OrganizedBinder.com. Students who participate in the Conrad Challenge don't learn to think outside the box. They realize there's no box to begin with. Learn how innovation takes off and soars beyond the confines of traditional education. Register until November 1st at conradchallenge.org. Hey, Ruckus Maker, we're back with Melissa Clark, and we're talking student voice. Imagine a 10-year-old boy, if you remember this story, standing in front of the staff, delivering feedback, challenging teachers to level up. And we just recently uh, started talking about the setbacks and challenges, but there's been many positive impacts in the school too. So Melissa, what would you say have been the the most positive impacts that Student Voice has had on your school? Okay, so I guess uh, some of the most positive impacts is obviously the change in classroom practice. Once the teachers have actually uh, started taking on that feedback and really unpacked that student perception data, it's really made a lot of changes to classroom practice. You know, a lesson that as a teacher we feel is is positive um, isn't necessarily always positive in a student's eyes. And I have many teachers saying to me that, you know, I used to go home and be planning these lessons for hours and hours and trying to make um, them as engaging as I put, as engaging as I could for our students. When in actual fact, all they really had to do was ask the students what they wanted. And I think that's been a real um, change in our thinking about how we plan and how we do things in our classrooms. I guess apart from that, uh, like from there, obviously taking the feedback, we've actually um, also taken student voice to another level and actually used student voice to work with our community. We've had our kindergarten recently run a, a designer playground space and they've been really excited. They've designed them out of clay and um, made all these models and come up with all these ideas and realised that obviously a playground space will cost a school a lot of money. So the kids have actually made a green screen video where there have been little characters inside their playground and they've actually put them out to community and on all social media platforms, which this student voice and and using the student voice in this way has actually got a lot of sponsorships from businesses as well. That's got to, I'm sure for the the school community, but for the students, that's got to be quite empowering, right? To see that that folks want to see you succeed, right? And they want to uh, back the ideas that that you are coming up with. Uh, it's got to have a pretty profound impact. 
And then I guess another story that I can share with you is uh, that we've restructured all our leadership models across the school. So, you know, uh, our typical leadership model in New South Wales for a school sort of parliament would usually look like that we have a couple of leaders across the school. We transform that to all of our year five and six students. So we call that stage three. So all our 10, you know, 10 to 12 year olds actually run ministries and they run community ministries, environment ministries, technology ministries, fundraising ministries, and every student in those grades is a leader within the school and they make changes. So an example will be the technology ministry. The kids run all the technology across the school. They train the staff in technology. They go into classrooms and train other students around technology and just do some amazing things. And they have been recognised for their exemplary practices and been asked to present at multiple conferences and they just run a, a really big award in New South Wales for holistic use of ICT in a primary setting. So different committees, you're calling them uh, ministries, they're, they're leading uh, you know, technology implementation within the school, winning awards, being recognized by, by the government. And again, we're talking young kids. These aren't, <laughs> these aren't you know, college age or uh, high school age kids. These are little guys and girls just leading. I love it. I mean, this is so exciting to me. Yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know, an, an interesting thing, I, I want to make sure the ruckus maker caught this, right? Because we work so hard at innovating. We work so hard at uh, engaging uh, students and engaging our staff. And if you caught what Melissa said, you know, the teachers were spending hours and hours and hours prepping these lessons, which, you know, kudos to them for putting in the hard work to, to be ready with high quality instruction. But in some ways, it got easier when they just asked. And it's about active listening, right? And again, knowing your audience. And my connection is um, in my leadership community that I facilitate, the mastermind, people invest good money to participate. And on some level, I thought that it had to be the Daniel show each week and that I had to provide the tip of the week, the insights, uh, the reading questions, you know, just everything, right? And at some point, I realized, what if I gave that up? What could we achieve if it wasn't me leading every single time? And I just generously asked, you know, hey, guys, would you like to lead the meetings? Would you like to facilitate? You know, what could we accomplish if we just said, we need to do the hot seat and you come up with the rest. And so now community members facilitate. They bring an inspiring quote or question to, to discuss. They bring the tip of the week, right? They come up with the questions uh, that we discuss around the books and then we move to the hot seat. So that was my, that's my personal connection, but it has to do with asking, knowing who you serve and just asking and then you make whatever you're doing that much better. Yeah, I think we, we go by that motto that, you know, we discovered that the secret was to improve our impact as classroom teachers was to simply ask our students what they need. Uh, I think it's what, o Oakham's razor, the idea that like the simplest solution is often the best. And you don't have to make it so complex like we do. Like what a simple solution. Just ask the students what they want. And boom, you're going to get some crazy ideas that you can innovate on uh, and implement and make a much better experience. Um, one thing you said in the intro call that I have to share here with the Ruckus Maker listening, but when, when you did this, right, 
you said the school shifted and you no longer had to concentrate on behavior because everything is about learning. Can you expound on that just a bit? Yeah, definitely. So I guess that comes around back to our our work on the growth mindset piece and having those learning dispositions in place and really concentrating on having expert learners at the at the school. I think as teachers um, and something we found out through our feedback directly from our students is that our students were telling us that our classrooms were not well behaved. We really had to unpack that with students in depth because we didn't have a school context where we had a lot of behaviour anyway. And when we really unpacked that with the students, we actually realised that as teachers, it was the messages that we were sending through the dialogue that we were using with our students. So without even knowing the, the underlying messages we were sending and the terms that we were using, like sit down, stop wasting time, you know, put your hand up, all those sorts of little messages as teachers that we send on a daily basis without even knowing that we're sending those messages, it was telling our students that they were wasting time and they were not well behaved. Now, once that really shifted and we became partners in that journey and students started to realise that we were no longer teacher facilitating the lesson but we were in the learning journey together, that really made a difference to student results. A good example of that is uh, we do national testing. So we do something called progressive achievement testing. So the students would sit uh, a test and then they were given scores. Now, we realised that our scores were quite low in those, those achievement testing, but we never actually asked students why they were achieving low in those scores. We never actually got the test out and sat there one-on-one with them and went through all of their data. Once we started to do that with our students, once we started to unpack that data and we started to, they, they seen the value in that, they started then questioning for themselves. It was just a matter of them caring for the difference that they were making, the results that they were getting. It was creating expert learners across the school. And I think, you know, it's really important as teachers that we underestimate the power of a child. And at such a young age, a five-year-old needs to have the language of how to be a learner. So one of our learning dispositions is called Go, Go, Gritty. And we have five-year-olds saying to us, I didn't give up riding that bike. I didn't give up uh, tying my shoelaces because I'm going to be like Go, Go, Gritty. So good. Underestimating the power, you know, of a, of a kid. And it's about how we see them, right? And in the language we use, uh, what I heard there too is flattening almost the organizational structure because you said we're on the journey with them. There's just so much good stuff there for uh, the ruckus maker listening to pull apart. And, you know, I, I encourage them to listen. If you want to try to do something like Melissa in your school, Run an experiment. Find a courageous teacher or two or, or grade level or department that wants to implement. Uh, test it there and see how it goes. And then let that story be told to the uh, entire staff because you're going to see the same type of positive results. And once you see those positive results in that pocket, who won't want to replicate the magic that's happening uh, across the building? So, Melissa, this has been so much fun. I want to ask you just a few questions to close out the uh, conversation that, that all the guests um, 
get the privilege to talk about. So is there one resource that's helped you level up in the last three months or so and how did it impact you? Uh, look, I, I have made, read many resources around student voice. I've, I've read many books around this. Obviously, I'm very passionate about it. But one of the programs I definitely have to mention, which is something that you can find on the internet, it's a program called Pivot you know, capital P-I-V-O-T. And I think that's really important because that's the online platform that we used with our staff that um, provided the survey to our students and then the survey data from that was given uh, straight instantly to teachers um, to unpack their practice. So I think that's really a key resource for us. But look, uh, you know, there is so many readings on student voice and I think, like you said, Daniel, you know, there's no one resource. It's just a matter of being open to, you know, really asking your students um, how they can make that difference or, or basically what they want. What message would you put on all school marquees across the globe if you could do so for just a day? Oh, that's a very interesting question. I think message that I would put is the importance of empowering our students to take ownership in their own learning. And you're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. Melissa, how would you build your dream school and what would be your top three priorities? So my dream school uh, would be so starting the school from day one, uh, having my students not only design what their classrooms look like, I would have my students design their uniforms and then I would have my students and my parents and my teachers work together to design a three-year vision around exactly what the school would look like. I would have it in a pictorial version and I would... After that vision was created, I would be so excited to work with that community to really fulfil the vision that the students had around what their school was going to look like. Melissa, thank you so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? I want you to remember that the secret to improve our impact as classroom teachers and to really make change as leaders is to simply ask our students what they need. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.